0: unhealthy relation <clears throat> rid sorry Welcome back to the Bug and Rug podcast. As always, my name's Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And we're finally reunited once again. (laughs) Reunited. I didn't know whether to go up or down with it. I I liked liked it. I liked it, what you did with it. I liked it. It was good. It was good. Anyway, um, we're finally back together. And
1: now we're back from outer space. I just
0: came in to see you here with that sad look, look upon on your face. face. I should have shaved mm-hmm. the stupid lock.
1: I should have made you leave a key. You
0: know what I was thinking the other day? I don't know why I was thinking this. Um, I Men in Black is probably one of my favorite movie series. I think I watched that over oh, I was going to say Star Wars. Probably. I feel like
1: like this is the order I think that you would go in as far as movie series Shrek. Yes. (laughs) um, Scooby Doo. Yes. Men in Black. Honestly, those are my top three. I think that that would probably be what I would think.
0: Those are my top I wouldn't say that any of those individually would be my favorite movies, but they are definitely my favorite movie series. Is it series? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, the third Men in Black movie is very good.
1: I don't know if I remember which one's which all the time, so oh. they all blur together
0: for me. Well, that's how it's supposed to be, right? Sure. <laughs> all the Shreks blur together. <laughs> yeah, it's fine, you're right? You're right. All the Shreks blur together? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. <laughs> the second one's definitely a standout. <laughs> <laughs> we can all agree on that.
1: Oh goodness. Anyway.
0: Oh goodness. Anyway. Anyway. You know what else we're back to? Uh-oh. Murder. Murder. Oh. Murder. 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 Well, I kind of ruined it, I guess, because murder is not the first thing we're going to talk about. You can cut it out. No, please do it. No, leave it in. <laughs> um, just up front, trigger warning, the story kind of contains... Mentions of just about every single kind of abuse mm. sprinkled in, but domestic violence is a big part of the story. Mm-hmm. So if that bothers you, maybe skip this one. Go back to The Lizard Man of Skateboard Swamp. Go back Squam. to the. Start over. Start over. Start over. Go back to our first episode. Yeah. The Lizard Man of Skateboard Swamp, and start over. Yes. And by the time you get back to this one, I'm sure we would have released another one. Yeah. Squonks?
1: Squonks the sad little guys yes. that turn into a puddle? Yeah. Go listen to
0: Squonks. Yeah. That one will probably make you feel a little better. No, that one's sad. <laughs> they cry because they're so ugly, right? Yeah, because they don't think anyone likes them. Oh, that's so sad. Anyway, should we just jump into it?
1: Sure. I So, um... What you're saying is this story is probably going to keep me up at night.
0: Yeah. Um, hopefully by the end of it, you will still sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. However, it's definitely not a funny one. <laughs> I'm
1: sure we'll find a way. <laughs>
0: I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: this one might even best us. I'm nervous laughing up front. Um, I found this story because I was going through TikTok, as I'm one to do, perusing through the vids as the kids <laughs> say these Please, days. please don't. And, please don't ever say that again. And I was looking up for inspiration. I was trying to find, you know, unsolved mysteries, creepy videos, creepy mysteries, blah, 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 blah. This wasn't a TikTok that I saw, but it was like, what is one true crime story that has like never left you. Like you heard about the story and it changed you and you mm-hmm. think about it all the time. Sure. And in the comments section, one of the people commented and said mine would be the story of Catherine Knight. Okay. So that is my what who my story is about because I looked it up and I was like, We should we should talk about this. Sure. So, we're not quite going to start with her. We're going to start with her parents. So, Barbara Rohan, R-O-U-G-H-A-N, and Jack Rohan resided in the rural town of Aberdeen in New South Wales during the early 90s. Now, New South Wales, Australia. So, we're in Australia for this. We're in Australia. We're in Australia. We're down under, mate. There's a cat on the (laughs)
1: tube.
0: We're down under. If you hear any pitter-patter, scritch-scratches, or... Yeah, the cat is taking up residence behind my computer. It's <laughs> fine. Now, Barbara and Jack had four sons throughout their relationship and seemed to have fairly normal marriage. However, Barbara began an adulterous relationship with a friend and co-worker of her husband's named Ken Knight. This relationship was, was a major scandal at the time. They lived in a very small town. And Barbara eventually moved because of all the backlash that she had received. Mm-hmm. Not saying that she didn't deserve it. I don't know how her marriage was. You know. However, it got pretty intense. Her and Ken moved to Maury, also in New South Wales, while her sons opted to stay behind with their father, Jack. The two older boys continued to, to reside with their father throughout the most of their life. Um, Or their early life. And then the younger sons actually moved to Sydney, Australia, to live with their aunt. Which wasn't too far away when I looked it up on the map. Sure. Now, Barbara and Ken had four children together, including twin girls born on October 24th, 1955. The younger of the twins was Catherine Knight, who is the... um, Protagonist of our story. Well, if they're a bad guy...
1: Oh no! <laughs> oh dear! I was... Well, Ooh, I'm not gonna lie, it was mean, the first time.
0: <laughs> I guess I should say this. I'm gonna call her Catherine since her father's name was Ken Knight, so I don't want to confuse the two Knights.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, Catherine. When Catherine was just four, Barbara's oldest sons moved in with the family after the passing of their father Jack. Okay. So all of them were living together mm-hmm. under the sharp watch of Ken who supposedly became a terrible alcoholic.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, he openly used violence and intimidation to rape his wife repeatedly. This is known because Barbara would often tell her daughters the intimate details of her sex life. She would reveal to them that she hated sex and men due to her relationship that she had with Ken. She grew very Mm -hmm. um, enraged over the fact.
1: Sure. I mean, I think it's really important to talk about your
0: trauma yeah
1: but maybe not to your children (laughs) not
0: to your young children (laughs) young children yeah maybe but i'm not in her shoes i don't know right well as Catherine and her sisters grew up they would later tell their mother that several family members sexually assaulted them this continued until they were 11 years old barbara did not intervene at any time or later in life when Catherine confided in her that one of her partners wanted her to take in Take part in sex acts that she felt uncomfortable with. Catherine's mother allegedly told her to, quote, put up with it and stop complaining. That's what she had felt like she had to do. Right, exactly. Now, this is kind of debated. I didn't find a lot of details in this. Um, but psychiatrists that would la- later um, take care of Catherine weren't quite sure how much of this was true. Yeah. So. Sure. You know, it's up for debate in their minds. Mm -hmm. The only family members Catherine felt close to were her twin sister and her uncle, Oscar Knight. She was devastated when her uncle committed suicide in 1969, and right after this, her family moved back to Aberdeen, which deepened Catherine's feelings of isolation. She's young, the only person she really looks up to died, and now she's moving So stability is just gone. Sure, yeah. Now, unfortunately, Catherine struggled to make friends that might help her through her troubled home life. She was sheltered out of her family's fear of being bullied because of racial tension happening in the area at the time. Now, her family were descendants of indigenous Australians, which were looked down upon by the government and local communities alike. Mm -hmm. I kind of looked into this, and it seemed to be pretty bad. I'm not sure the specifics, though.
1: Yeah, I think I've heard... similar things Mm -hmm. um i mean it 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 seems to be a um unfortunate pattern for indigenous peoples anywhere in the world right right yeah that they are because they are isolated with their traditions in a way Mm -hmm. people out of ignorance will um look down upon them look down upon them and bully them or whatever because they're like they're they are different and therefore
0: we got to make fun of them. Yeah. Which
1: isn't right. Right. It happens everywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. So this tension that we just talked about um, was built around her and caused her to act out against teachers and fellow students, um, especially at Munswell Brook High School. She actually assaulted assaulted at least one boy with a weapon and was injured by a teacher who had to act in self-defense when Catherine lashed out. Hmm. Most of her classmates that remember her during their time in school said she was very isolated and had a pretty bad temper at times. Oh, yeah. People were scared of her. Sure. Now, she left school at the age of 15 without being able to read or write. She gained employment as a cutter in a clothing factory. Approximately a year later, she was offered a job at an abattoir or a slaughterhouse. Mm -hmm. Now, for those of you who don't know what a slaughterhouse is... We had one at our high school. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a facility where animals are slaughtered in order to supply meat to stores. And package. Yeah. Sometimes. And package. It's like a processing place for meat. meat. Yeah. Now, she started cutting up um, offal, O-F-F-A-L, which are the entrails of animals, But she was later promoted to boning with her own set of butcher knives. So in this position, she would remove the bones from the meat that was at the facility, Mm -hmm. you know, get a clean cut of meat that would be moved on to be packaged Mm -hmm. and processed. Which really is an important position. Yeah. The only reason that I know that
1: is, and this is probably ignorant of me also, but if you watch Hell's Kitchen every year as a punishment, they have um, to take like a half of a cow Mm -hmm. and do the slices of meat off of it and you have to do it right because otherwise you're wasting money and you're wasting good cuts of meat Mm -hmm. and the other thing is they usually have a challenge where he will show them how to clean a fish or cut a piece of meat and they have to do so many of them perfectly otherwise they get in a lot of trouble yeah
0: no i mean it's it's an important job we wouldn't have meat in stores without it like right straight up and like nice cuts of meat that people pay a lot of money for. right exactly um she was actually pretty good at this job she would later refer to it as her dream job and she actually hung the set of butcher knives above her bed as a prized possession and so that they quote would always be handy if needed and she actually did this whenever she moved as well they were always right next to her
1: i have a big thing i i have pros and cons to that (laughs) pros they're right there if you need it
0: cons, <laughs> cons they're right there if the person attacking you needs it no <laughs> what if they fall what if they fall that's true i what just thought of that fall? what if they fall on you well i guess if they're no if they're like a picture above your bed you're not sleeping directly under it your pillows are kind of pushed out a little bit you think they're gonna fall straight out <laughs> you don't think they're gonna bounce off of something to hit
1: you in the head no <laughs> I'm sleeping with butcher knives above my head, I'm also sleeping with a helmet. Every night. Every night. You know what? Good for intruders. You're right. Yeah, if they punch you in the head. headbutt them. Oh, head them. <laughs> Done. Got it one. Oh, my
0: God. You're so right. You know what? Let's put butcher knives above <laughs> our heads. Oh, my God. So in 1973, Catherine met coworker David Stanford, Stanford Kellett, K-E-L-L-E-T-T, who also had a traumatic past. Now, Kellett had previously worked for the railways at Coffs Harbor, where he witnessed his friend die in a shunting accident. Now, I had to look this up, shunting is the process of sorting items of rolling stock into complete trains or the reverse. So it's like they're sorting the different sections of the train. Okay either putting them together to send them somewhere else or taking them apart to put them on different trains. Does that make sense? Like unhooking certain train cars. Yes, from Mm. what I understood it. Mm. So there was some sort of accident with that as he witnessed his friend die. After this incident, Kellett was present when a train hit a school bus killing six children. He was actually one of the first responders and he had a pool injured and deceased from the wreckage. Mm -mm. Now, unfortunately, these events caused Kellett to start drinking heavily. Mm -hmm. Um, This affected his work causing him to be the reason for several derailments. Now these derailments I don't think were super major but still. He would have been prosecuted if someone was hurt I'm sure. Right. He still lost his job Mm -hmm. and that's how he moved to the abattoir where Catherine worked. Okay. A-B-A-T-T-O-I-R abattoir. Abattoir. I kind of think I'm putting a French twist on it. Is that right? (laughs) I don't know. Now, the pair began dating after they were introduced by Catherine's brother, who also worked with them. They soon became known as a very intimidating couple. Catherine was actually not afraid to threaten those who opposed her, and the pair would actually back each other up in a fight. So um, if Kellett got in a bar fight, people were actually afraid that Catherine would come and intervene, and it'd be two on one. Yeah, that would be horrifying. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Now, Catherine and Kellett married in 1974 at a ceremony where Kellett was allegedly intoxicated. When they arrived, Catherine's mother, Barbara, tried to give Kellett some advice. He said, quote, the old girl, talking about Barbara, said to me, watch out. You better watch this one or she'll kill you. Stir up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're don't ever think of playing up on her. She'll f- kill you. And that was her mother talking. She told me she's got something loose. She's got a screw loose somewhere. Her mom said that? He said that... The mom said. The mom said that. That Catherine had a screw loose. Yeah, and that... I mean... Um, before we say anything, this was later proven the same night when Catherine tried to strangle Kellett on their wedding night oh, good. after only having sex three times. Oh,
1: Okay. All right. Okay. Yep. Goodbye. Hey, at least she didn't reach for the knives, okay? Well, they are probably going on their honeymoon,
0: right? She might not have taken the butcher knives to the... Wherever they were staying. You don't think she took butcher knives? Uh, listen, I don't know. I don't know. I... I have no idea.
1: She might not have had time to hang them up. That doesn't mean she didn't have them with <laughs> That's
0: her. That's true. She packed them on her... She packed them in her... um carry-on you can't have knives in your carry-on no in her um checked bag. Checked bag. <laughs> <laughs> in her non carry-on
1: <laughs> Oh my Listen, god! If I can put a machete in a carry—not a, a carry-on, not a carry on not a carry on Do not back. put
0: knives in your carry-on. Do not put a machete oh, in boy. your carry-on. Oh boy! Oh, I talk about this all the time. When we came back from El Salvador, one of the people who was with my group had like a pair of scissors, had like stuff for a hammock, like heavy-duty clips, had a, a, a TI ninety calculator, had a bunch of stuff. He he was a at an athletic training major. Mm-hmm. So, like he had a bunch of his equipment in his c- carry-on yeah. and they literally were like, "We don't know how you got this here in your carry-on, but we have to take all of this. Like, you take cannot all have of this." It. No, they really I know. did. He was very upset cuz some of it was very expensive, but our mentor was like, "What are you doing?"
1: <laughs> I I think they should have went through and checked. Although to be fair, I did get a machete when I was in El Salvador on my service trip. And I didn't put it in my carry-on, but my suitcase wouldn't fit it, so I had to have my friend Tori put it in her suitcase. And the thing was about half as big as she is. If
0: they get if they get in trouble, she's going to get in trouble, not you.
1: Well, but we put it in the checked bag. But then when we got to we got home to yeah, the Pittsburgh swap Airport, we in the middle of the airport, it's passing it's a machete from one suitcase to another. It's fine. It's fine. It was a souvenir. I get it. I've never used it. Mom won't even let me have it. <laughs>
0: well, we need to home. get it so you
1: can hang it above your back. <laughs> <laughs> it has like a sheath on it, though.
0: So I wouldn't feel as bad hanging it on oh, my wall. I well. don't know how she hung these butcher knives. I'm picturing like a nice wooden, like hanging butcher block. Yeah. And she just hung that up.
1: Yeah. Right, or she could. You know, have you have you ever watched Hell's Kitchen when they get their knife kits? Yeah, and it like it's like rolled
0: up like a makeup travel. Why would she? Oh yeah, okay. And
1: so you just like but picture a wooden
0: version of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm down now. Now back to their marriage. (laughs) After she tried to strangle him, let's just say that that set a bar for how the rest of the marriage went. It was very violent, to say the least. Both ways not, not necessarily. His, her mom warned him. Like, I, Yeah, well, right. Well, the straw that broke the camel's back. I thought that was a cat. I thought that was a cat. I thought that was a cat. <laughs> it's a siren. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, what is that howling? What is that? Anyway. I was like, which one of our cats can make that noise? <laughs> right, right. So the straw that broke the camel's back was the night that Catherine burned all of Kellett's clothes then hit him mm-hmm. in the head with a frying pan, cracking his skull, all because he came home late after winning a darts competition. Now, she knew that he had gone out, but he made it to the f- finals, so he's out later than she thought. So she got really mad. I was going to say, why didn't he just text her? But this is in the <laughs> 70s. Yeah. Whoopsie, whoopsie. <laughs> now, Catherine actually convinced Kellett not to press charges, but he did end up Leaving in May of 1976. Good for him. Shortly after the birth of their first child, because he essentially just couldn't take it anymore. I don't blame him. Now, Kellett moved to Queensland with another woman. Oh, no. It's up for debate whether, you know, he was having an affair. Probably was. Catherine was very upset about this. I can only imagine. She was actually seen the next day violently throwing the pram with her child in it from side to side down Main Street. She was actually admitted to St. Elmo's Hospital in Tamworth. She was diagnosed with postnatal depression and stayed for several weeks. Unfortunately, this did not seem to help. Mm -mm. After being released, she placed her child on a railway line as a train was coming, left, stole an axe, went into town, and threatened to kill several people with the axe. Okay. The child was thankfully rescued by a man named Old Ted... Oh, yeah. And Catherine was arrested and taken back to St. Elmo's. Okay. She did check herself out the next day. No, <laughs> That's not how... Hey, Australia? <laughs> hey, Australia? And in the week that followed, she tried finding a way to Queensland so she could f- confront Kellett. She did this by taking a knife, slashing a woman in the face with it. Um, After the woman refused to give her a ride to Queensland, Mm -hmm. she then held a young boy hostage at knife point as she was trying to convince somebody at the service station nearby to drive her to Queensland. Mm -hmm. As police arrived, they thankfully were able to intervene, and they took her to Morissette Psychiatric Hospital. Um, Her whole plan was essentially to go to this particular service station, kill the guy working, because he supposedly fixed Kellett's car, The car in which Kellett left in. Yeah. But she saw this lady first. Lady didn't give her a ride. Cut her in the face. Grabbed this boy as police were coming. Mm -hmm. And it was like a standoff situation. Oh, no. Now, Kellett was informed of the incident and in a surprising turn of events, moved back in with his mother in Aberdeen to help Catherine when she was released on August 9th, 1976.
1: Man, do you think this is... What were we just watching? The puppet history? Where they were talking about mm-hmm. if somebody would kill yes. for you? If would your you mistress
0: th- killed somebody for you, would that essentially be like a turn on or a turn off? So he was like, you know what? She really does love me. <laughs> or she really does need my help. And moved back? Yeah, but, but she was also trying to kill him. Like her whole plan was to get there and kill him and his mother, actually. Like, find him, kill him, kill his mother, kill the service station guy. Kill his mistress? Or his. Probably, girlfriend? I'm assuming. Sirens are coming. To get her. Whoop, whoop. Now, the pair moved to Ipswich and had a second daughter on March 6, 1980. What? Listen, I don't know. I don't know. They had the first one taken away. They didn't get her back, I'm assuming. I and think the baby? The daughter lived with his mother. Okay. Okay. And so, technically, they all were living together. Okay. But I don't know. Now, there's not many details until 1984, when Catherine actually left Kellett and moved back to Aberdeen to live with her parents, with the children. Okay. She settled in a home with her two daughters in Munswell Brook, later that year, collecting disability. Okay. For her
1: psychiatric illness? Or we don't know.
0: Um, she was in some sort of accident, like, a car accident. I'd nothing, say. Nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, but she was able to get disability instead of working. It really, might have been for a psychiatric, I it'd don't remember. It would be
1: really interesting if she had a head injury when she had her motor vehicle accident.
0: Well, I don't know if she had one. And that would have been after Oh, you mean it was during this time? She yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. She she was basically working this whole time until now. Okay. Oh no. Well, I mean, she was in the psychiatric hospital. But... Yeah. Oh, beans. Yeah. Which there's nothing wrong with that. If You need help. You need help. But if you need she help, was you need help. But trying if, to kill people. So. But what
1: I'm saying is, if the police check you in, <laughs>
0: how do you check
1: yourself out how the next are you day? Checking yourself I don't know. Out. I have
0: no idea. I have no idea. I don't think it works that way here. Not now. I don't know. Maybe not. Now, in 1986, Catherine met 38-year-old David Saunders. After just a few months, Saunders moved in with her. Now, being paranoid after her relationship with Kellett, Catherine would regularly accuse Saunders of having affairs when she wasn't around. When he would try to leave her, she would turn around and beg him to stay. So they'd get in big fights mm-hmm. where he'd be like, "Fine, like I'm just going to go. I'm going to move out." And then she'd go to his cuz he had an apartment still. Sure. And she'd go to his apartment and be like, "No, come back, please. I didn't mean it." So cycle of abuse. Yeah, it's that's literally Yes. They were probably gifts given. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Now, supposedly in May of 1987, she slit the throat of a 2-month-old dingo pup in front of him to show what she would do if he actually did have an affair. Okay? He was very upset about this. Mhm. And then she also hit him in the head with a frying pan for a good measure. <sighs> Does she think she's
1: Rapunzel from Tangled? <laughs> Is that listen. You know what? It's a good weapon. But I know she has knives, so I'm really confused as to why... Don't know. That's her new weapon of choice?
0: An old weapon of choice? I don't know. Maybe it was just what she had in her hand at the time. That's true. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Now, the couple had a daughter in June 1988 and celebrated by purchasing a home together decorating the home was easy for them. They just placed animal skins, skulls, horns, animal traps, leather jackets, machetes, rakes, and pitchforks throughout. Now there's nothing wrong with that. It's an interesting aesthetic. Yeah. Okay. That's their
1: that's their aesthetic. Yeah. It's fine. And more than just knives
0: over your butt. If
1: they had pitchforks in,
0: and rakes and machetes yeah, and animal traps. Are, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get home ready. Home alone! They home alone it. They home alone their house. But for always. Now, although they did a wonderful job decorating, their life wasn't perfect. Can I just go back and say I don't feel like it's entirely child
1: that home or is it like all mean? above a certain level? Yeah, of everything like has a child safety lock on it. No, no, no. I mean like everything's above five feet on the wall. So that yeah, the but kids what if it can't. falls? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my it's not my house. I'm not the one childproofing proofing my house. No breaks on the wall.
0: <laughs> listen, they they lived together. The pair argued constantly. Yeah. Until Catherine got tired hit Saunders in the face with an iron, stabbed him in the stomach with scissors, and cut up all of his clothes. Now, Saunders, after this, fled, Mm. obviously. Okay. And he actually went into hiding, so she couldn't, like, chase after him. Okay. And find him. All right. Now, he actually did try to return to get his daughter several months later, but she had actually had police issue an apprehend violence order against him, which is essentially a type of restraining order mm-hmm. that i think is like she claimed that he was abusive okay. so it was like and that abused his children okay and so she was like if we see him police need to arrest him mm-hmm. and he wasn't there to argue against it because he went into hiding right so when he came back he wasn't allowed to see his kids Catherine began dating 43 year old john chillingworth in 1990 after Forgetting about her anger against Saunders, she kind of gave up against the whole "I'm gonna find him and kill him" thing. The following year, the pair had a son. Their relationship lasted for approximately three years before Catherine left Chillingworth for a man named John Price, whom she was having an affair with.
1: And the list goes on and on and on. you
0: saying. New cup, new cup, move down, move down. move down. John Pricey Price. Pricey was his nickname, clearly. Why would you name your kid John Pricey Price? (laughs) I
1: mean, (laughs) why not?
0: You're right. Uh, John Price was a father of three children when Catherine moved into his home in 1995. He was supporting her and all of her children with his well-paying job at the local mines. As per usual, the couple regularly fought violently. However, the beginning of the relationship was okay, according to friends and family. From what they they saw. Right, exactly. So, in 1998, they had a huge argument over Price's refusal to marry Catherine. Out of spite, she got Price fired from his job after sending a video to his boss of all the items that he had stolen. Now, all of these items were out-of-date medical kits, so they couldn't be used anymore. Mm -hmm. But he was still fired because that's technically still his employer's property. Yeah, it's still, like, company theft. Yeah. Now, Price was really mad about this because he had this job for, like, 17 years. So he kicked Catherine out of the house, but this only lasted for a couple months Mm -hmm. before they started seeing each other again. Now, this was not a great idea because in February of 2000, Catherine actually stabbed Price in the chest several times. Now, after this, Price ended things permanently. Oh, he lived, <laughs> he li- he lived he and lived. decided. No more.
1: No more. Maybe the knives to the chest was the lie. He ran into my knife. He, he ran, ran into, into my, my knife ten times. times.
0: Now, he filed for a restraining order on February 29th, 2000. On this day, while at dinner that night, Price told his friends that if he did not come to work the next day, it was because Catherine had killed him. Yeah, she did. Now, his friends insisted that he should stay with one of them if he really felt that way. You know, because if she finds out about this, she might come after you for revenge. Like, just come to our house, whatever. But he was worried because his kids were still at his house. Mm -hmm. So he was like, no, no, I'm just going to go home. Stay with the kids. It'll be fine. Hide your kids. They can't reach the pitchforks. Hide your kids, not hide your wife. Hide your kids from your wife. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now, um, that night Price went home to find that Catherine had sent their children to a friend's house for a sleepover and that she was, like, not there herself. I think she left a note or something. He decided to visit their neighbors for a moment before going into his home around 11 p.m. Around 6 a.m. the next morning, Price's boss was concerned that he did not come to work. No, he didn't. He did. He sent an employee to check on Price as soon as possible. When the employee arrived, there was already a neighbor knocking on Price's door after seeing his car in the driveway. And I don't know if Price went to his neighbors and said, like, the same thing. Like, if I don't Absolutely wake up. Absolutely he did. Right.
1: Absolutely he did. If you
0: don't see me go to work, <laughs> Catherine killed me. Catherine killed Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's probably what he said. Now, the neighbor and the employee, his coworker, walked around the house to knock on the other windows because they couldn't like they couldn't hear anything and there was nothing coming from inside the house. So as they returned back to the front of the home, they noticed that there was blood on the front door, so they immediately contacted the police. The police arrived at 8 a.m., broke down the door to the home, and found a horrendous site yeah oh
1: i'm listen not that i'm prepared for what you're about to say but since the very beginning of this story when you told me that she was basically working in a butcher shop i've been preparing for what you were about to say
0: yeah please carry on <laughs> carry on proceed so sometime during the previous evening katherine returned to the home and put on lingerie in order to apologize for mm-hmm. their argument Little did Price know, Catherine Knight had also prepared a butcher knife Mm -hmm. that was laying next to the bed. After having intercourse, she began stabbing him repeatedly before he got up and ran to the front door. At this point, Price opened the door and either fell back into the home or was pulled back in by Catherine herself. That's why there was blood on the front door. Mm -hmm. She continued to stab him a total of... What they could tell 37 times, but it was probably more in the front and the back of his body. Mm -hmm. These stab wounds punctured several vital organs and Price bled out in the hallway of his own home. Mm. They can't exactly tell how many stab wounds because after Catherine killed Price, she skinned him completely. Mm -hmm. This included the face, ears scalp and neck and then she proceeded to hang the skin from a meat hook of the archway Mm -hmm. of the door to the lounge Mm -hmm. she then proceeded to decapitate him placing the head in a pot of vegetables that she intended to cook Mm -hmm. other body parts of prices were found cooked alongside containers of baked potatoes pumpkin zucchini cabbage yellow squash and gravy these items were all placed on the table, surrounded by plates that had a placemat and a name tag for each of Price's children. She was going to feed him to oh, their children. absolutely she was. Absolutely. It,
1: it, there ain't no body, there ain't no crime. Right.
0: Well, the body of Price was placed near the rest of the body of Price was placed near the table with its legs crossed and the left arm wrapped around a liter of soda. There was blood throughout the home, obviously, including on a note from Catherine that read, Time got you back, Jonathan, for... rapping, but she meant raping, my doubter, spelled wrong, you to Beck, who was Price's daughter, for Ross... For little John, Price's son, now play with the now play with little John's dick, John Price. She was essentially saying that he was like abusing their children, but there were no there was no evidence of this after the fact.
1: She, I guess she could have, after what she went through as a child, and she's already very paranoid. Yeah. She may have been so paranoid that she thought he was abusing the kids. Yes,
0: yes. Even though none of them ever said that to her. Right, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, this note lay on a photograph of Price that was found near the unconscious Catherine Knight. She had tried to overdose on pills after committing the murder, but police found her fast enough that they took her to the hospital and she survived whoopsie poopsie. Now, whether this is good or bad in your mind, you know, that's up to you. Now, she initially offered to plead guilty to manslaughter, but this was rejected by the judge. The judge is like, <laughs> no.
1: You're gonna give, I'm sorry, you're suggesting to me <laughs> that you'll just take manslaughter, it's
0: fine. <laughs> literal literal manslaughter. Literal manslaughter, yes. Definition of manslaughter In court context, no. no. (laughs) Good try. Good try. So she was arraigned on February 2nd, 2001 for the murder of John Price. She first pled not guilty and her trial began on October 15th, 2001. After a long process of selecting jury members due to the graphic nature of the crime, they essentially had to be like, listen, you're going to have to look at all these photos. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were like, we can't do this. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was a lengthy process. And it actually took so long that Catherine switched her plea to guilty. The judge ordered her to be psychiatrically evaluated to make sure she fully understood like, what choice she was making mm-hmm. with this plea of guilty. Well, that's going to be fun.
1: A full psychiatric eval now? You want that now? So she was
0: found sane in the sense that she understood like, what she had done. Oh, yeah. And what she was pleading guilty to. Mm-hmm. Now, even though she was found sane, her legal team still defended Catherine by claiming amnesia and dissociation. Which, I don't really know what their argument was, so I'm not entirely sure, you know, yeah, what they were trying to say. Kind of like the sleepwalking guy. Yeah. I didn't
1: know I was killing him at the time that I killed him. Right. Like, that's basically what they're saying. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now on November eighth, two thousand one, Justice O'Keefe stated that the nature of the crime and Catherine's lack of remorse required a severe penalty. He sentenced her to he sentenced her to life imprisonment, refused to fix a non-parole period, and ordered that her papers be marked, quote, never to be released. She was the first woman in Australia to receive life imprisonment without parole. With this high of a do not let her out ever Mm -hmm. stamped on her file.
1: Sure. And she's not even going to be sent to a psychiatric institution, which is probably not necessarily what she needed, but she needs some type of treatment for the mental illnesses that she has.
0: Yeah. So that's my story. And you're sticking with it. (laughs) Well, it's a true story, so. (laughs) Was John Price the Pitchfork guy? It was John Price, the pitchfork guy. Is
1: that who they... Dec- no, it was... No, that was
0: Saunders, okay. I believe. That's
1: why he couldn't just get a pitchfork to defend himself. <laughs> I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Like, if she came at you, you could just grab it, an animal that's trap and I'm throw saying. it at her. Oh, you you're right. You just have all these things on the walls. Well, I also think that from reading the information of what I found, they had a little sexy, sexy time, and then he fell asleep, and then she started to stab him. Yeah. So he was like out of luck to begin with. Mm-hmm. Although he. Sh- he shouldn't have gone home though. He shouldn't have dated her. Because he dated her on and off, and then his friends actually were like, You cannot date her, and if you do, we can't hang out with you guys. Mm-hmm. So. But he did it anyway.
1: <sighs> There's just so many Love things. Love is blind. That's not even love. It's just, like, infatuation. Yeah. Because that's not what love is. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) uh, I'm still, honestly, checking yourself out of a psychiatric
0: hospital when the police brought you there. Listen, I have no idea. I have no idea. The thing was, though, she was able to talk people out of either Mm -hmm. charges or... Um, she probably threatened a lot of people because mm-hmm. that's what she was known sure, to do. Because sure. she moved back to her home. She was near her hometown, so people knew her.
1: Yeah, they're like, oh, it's just
0: Catherine being yeah.
1: Catherine.
0: Essentially, that's what happened. People yeah. are like, oh, Catherine, she's just a little crazy sometimes. That's mm-hmm. just then, how
1: Catherine is. And they
0: just let her do it. Yeah, that's exactly what happened.
1: I know that this story is shocking, but how many... Of the people that she dated and the people that really knew her, including her mom, do you think if you put them in a room and said, raise your hand if you're surprised,
0: would raise their hand? Mm-hmm. Raise your hand if nah, you've nah. been. Raise <laughs> your hand if you've been personally victimized by Ricci and George. Okay. <laughs> back, back to it. Yeah, okay. yeah. So do you think this story is going to keep you up at night? You're still thinking you'll be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug? Listen.
1: I'm glad I mentally prepared myself as we started getting
0: into the story. Yeah. Because there's a little foreshadowing here and there. Just a like she became one of the best boning people in her company. She's promoted. She did a great job at it. Promoted to she hung butcher knives above her bed.
1: <laughs> I just I can't I I wish that mental health awareness was more so. Yeah. Well, this is also then, the 70s. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying like the then 70s, 80s. Getting help was like looked down upon. Yeah. It's just it just was you're just crazy. Like yeah. it wasn't a, an illness or disease. And I don't know how much of that she had, but you don't just kill
0: people you don't just act that violently. you don't just steal an axe and threaten to mow down people no. in town because your husband left you no. i mean i'd be upset yeah but i think it's a little more appropriate if you're like tiger woods's wife who just like smashed up his car sure
1: sure there's healthy coping mechanisms and there's unhealthy coping mechanisms
0: <laughs> unhealthy coping mechanisms would be to stab people let's not do that
1: Stabbing is. De- let's let's just go ahead and write this one down as an unhealthy coping mechanism. <laughs> Boy, howdy. I, I mean, she could have had. She could have been bipolar. She could have had. I know she had PTSD.
0: Like, yeah, she had to have had trauma. Even even if none of that happened to her, and I'm just saying, I don't know if that happened or not. They were just saying that they weren't sure how much of it was was true or how much of it she listened and saw it happening to her mom. Yeah. That she kind of brought that upon herself. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. But either way she has trauma from either witnessing that or and or that happening to her. Right. Yeah. So did that manifest
1: as you know ptsd was she were her and her mom both bipolar yeah um did someone have borderline personality disorder i'm on a psych rotation at school right now so i'm just thinking of all these things that it could be yeah but it's just it's a good one to pick for it was (laughs) i just don't think i'm not saying she was insane to where yeah. she couldn't stand trial as being sane. Yeah. I'm saying there were so many other times that she, I I wish she would have been able to get some type of help. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, either it wasn't available or nobody around her
0: understood that that was something. And maybe you couldn't get treated for it then. I don't yeah. know. Right. And, I mean, she went to different psychiatric wards, but I don't know what they did for her there mm-hmm. because at that point she was more of like a dangerous criminal. Yeah. So I don't know how much help they actually. Yeah. Gave to mm-hmm. her, or if they just were like, oh, she has, what is it, post, like oh, yeah. po- like postpartum depression. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And she just needs to like hang out for a couple weeks. Yeah. And she'll get better.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know how much was like therapy or how yeah. much was like. Oh, electroshock therapy like yeah like, yeah i don't yeah, know i, I, don't know. Know I have no did. idea i
0: don't have details about that so i'm not sure i don't know what they did
1: yeah and it's probably confidential as far as her medical records of what treatment she received anyway yeah
0: so so it's messed up it is and i feel sad for john price because it seems like he got wrapped up in an unhealthy relation <laughs> rid sorry an unhealthy relationship and just like couldn't Couldn't get out of it.
1: Yeah, it's a horrible. It's like addicting.
0: Like you just can't Mm
1: -hmm.
0: get get out of it. Mm -hmm. Stuck.
1: Yeah, and I don't think he fully understood her past either. To understand, no, I'm
0: not sure. I mean, people knew her, but I don't know. I mean, he didn't work with them. A lot of people that she dated were like around the group that she worked with, Mm -hmm. and he didn't. So I don't. I don't. I don't know.
1: Yeah, honestly. This sounds bad, but I'm surprised he was the first person she killed. Like I yeah, thought, she it was tri-
0: I mean, people. Sur- she stabbed some people and they survived. Cracked that one dude's skull. He she smacked him in the head with a frying pan. Kellett, right? The first mm-hmm. guy, cracked his skull. He like had to go to the neighbor's house. It was like bleeding profusely, and the neighbors were like, "Oh my god, oh, what did she Oh my god." So yeah, they are very lucky. And she tried to strangle him on their wedding night. Well, what I, that's what I'm saying, though. Was
1: it, a like, some kind of trauma response where she was just, like, snapped? Or was she just, like, this will be fun? Like, I, I don't, don't know. know. I, I have no idea. I have no. And we'll probably never and know. We'll ne- the world may never know. But, crazy story. Um, very interesting.
0: Thank you. I am uncomfy, but that's what our goal is here, I but think. But she's in Australia, and I'm probably not going to date her. So I feel pretty safe. A lot of the deadliest things in the world are in Australia
1: <laughs> snakes. Drop bears. S- I was thinking snakes and spiders, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> drop bears. Drop
0: bears. We have an episode on that.
1: Yep. So if you've made it this far, now we'll go listen to Drop Bears yeah. or Squonks
0: to feel better. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you want to check out photos um, or hit us up, Tell us how you feel about this story. Probably sad. I'm sad. I'm a little sad. Um, You know, find us on Facebook, Bug and Rug. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at B-I-A-R Podcast. You can email us your suggestiones at B-I-A-R Podcast at gmail.com. You can find my resources where I'm sorry there's not that many this time. um, But you can find those on our website, rug.podbean.com. Happy Easter, late Easter for those who celebrate, and for those who don't, welcome to the warm weather. Yeah, if and if, you can go listen to the episode about the guy who supposedly dressed up as a c- uh, as a bunny I'm and kill people. <laughs> 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 dressed up as a bunny and kill people. The bunny man.
1: Yeah, that
0: didn't happen on Easter. The guy but... <laughs> who dressed
1: up as a bunny. You mean the bunny man? <laughs> I'm sorry I'm tired we gotta
0: go (laughs) (laughs) signing off I'm Caitlin I'm Whitney bye sleep tight